welcome back to the podcast of the Francis Asbury Society. This is episode 40. Can't believe we've gotten this far. Well, today we're glad to have George Small back sharing a devotion with us. George shares from Exodus and other passages, uh, but titling this one, Let My People Go, uh, talking about the hard heart of Pharaoh. Always an interesting topic of conversation, and we had a great discussion afterwards. But here's the devotion. Hope you enjoy. Good morning, everybody. I felt God would have us to uh, revisit the story of Moses and the Exodus. Not going to read all the the passages, but uh, we know the story. The theme is, let my people go. And uh, you know the 10 plagues, the Nile River water turning to blood, the gnats, the livestock, the hail, the darkness, the frogs, the flies, boils, locusts, and of course, finally the, the firstborn. As I read it, I realize that the plagues intensify each time so that the Pharaoh and the Egyptians, and I guess us as well, would know that there is none like God, Jehovah. I want us to look at the, uh, the plague of hail in Exodus chapter 9, verses 13 to 16. Let me just read that for you. Then the Lord said to Moses, get up early in the morning, confront Pharaoh, and say to him, this is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews says, let my people go so that they may worship me. Or this time I will send the full force of my plagues against you and against your officials and your people so that you will know there is no one like me in all the earth. For by now, I could have stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with a plague that would have wiped you off the earth. But, and here's the key verse I want us to look at. I have raised you up for this very purpose, that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. That verse, that last verse there, verse 16 of Exodus 9, haunted me at one point in my ministry. For this purpose, I have raised you up. Well, let's continue in in chapter 14. The Lord said in verses 15 to 18, the Lord says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. This was when they were, uh, you know, at the uh, uh, water's edge and and didn't know how they were going to escape. Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. We know this story going on in Verses 27 through 30, Moses stretched out his hand, as he was told to, over the sea. And at daybreak, the sea went back to its place. 
the Egyptians were fleeing toward or from, and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and the horsemen, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with the wall of water on their right and on their left. Verse 30, I want us to see this. That day, the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians and, the, and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. So I, I get back to what I call my key verse here, Exodus 9, 16. God says to Pharaoh, I have raised you up for this very purpose, that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. The question that haunted me was, did Pharaoh have a choice to obey or not? I wonder, is this a biblical example of Calvin's doctrine of predestination? I don't think so. But let's look at 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. I believe this includes Pharaoh. Second Timothy 2, 3 and 4 says, God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. So how do we deal with this? Well, here's my conclusion. It, it, it's twofold. One is that God has a plan for every life. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Continuing Jeremiah chapter one, verse five. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Quite a plan. Ephesians, getting into the New Testament, chapter 1, verses 4 to 5. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure in his will. So my answer to this dilemma is two part. One is God has a plan for all mankind. And then secondly, God gives mankind free will. And here's what I've come to learn. To the extent that we choose his will, we realize his plan. To the extent we choose to disobey his will, we realize less and less of his plan, and we may find ourselves dead on the shore of a river. The best that God may be able to use us is to declare his glory to the nations. Made me think of, and um, I know I could broadcast it and all that, but I thought, see if I can get this right. Have you ever seen? Oh, it's not going to work. Anyway, the uh, success poster, 
It's a picture of a, a, a boat that's uh, half sunk. It's been shipwrecked. It's entitled Mistakes. And the bottom of it speaks to me. It said, it could be that the purpose of your life is only to serve as a warning to others. As God asked me to, uh, to share this message, uh, I got into quite a study this week of predestination and free will and all of that. Um, I kind of like my, my answer to the dilemma that God does have a plan. And yet we have a part in that we have to be obedient. Um, and to me, that motivates that I should be sharing out with people because the longer they go in disobedience before they accept salvation and begin to find themselves doing the will of God, the less of his perfect plan, uh, you know, that they'll, that they'll see. So God does create a plan for us before we're even born. He knows what he has for us and it's good. It's always good, but because of our disobedience, we might not realize it all. I thank God he got a hold of me when I was 16. I was headed in the wrong direction. Um, and I uh, wonder if he'd gotten hold of me earlier, if I had been obedient, how things would be different. Uh, not that I'm complaining. So I thank you for this opportunity. I wanted to share something I came across in my study, and this is only for you to think about. <laughs> um, there's a man by the name of William Clemens. Never heard of him. I couldn't find out anything about him. And if you want, I could send you this part of, uh, of what he shares. He, he talks about uh, Calvinism and Wesleyanism and so forth. And he says... Uh, Here's an example of combining the two doctrines of free will and predestination. Again, this part's only for you to uh, have something to think about. Um, I haven't completely thought it through yet. So let me just share this with you quickly. He says, our virtual reality games that we program into computers are defined by if-then statements. The game programmer, the creator, defines all parameters, including the shape, size, color, everything else of objects and how they're going to move in response to certain actions. He then presents the player of the game with choices of actions. The result of a choice is controlled by an if-then statement. If the player chooses action A, then a sequence is initiated, which is played out until the next choice is presented. If the player chooses action B, then a different set of sequences is played out to a different conclusion. The point is that the game creator has programmed all possibilities from beginning to end with multiple choices and multiple consequences of those choices. The game player makes the choices, some of which may lead to an early end of the game, other choices may lead to higher levels of difficulty, and making all the right choices may lead to a reward for playing all the way through the game. By this explanation, he says, you'll note that the programmer has predetermined all paths and choices throughout the game to multiple endings, some good, some bad. The programmer has complete control of the game, 
and the player cannot deviate outside the boundaries of the game. Now note that it's the player of the game that makes the free will choice, not the creator of the game. It's the player who has complete control of how he is going to make it through the game. Transfer that thought process to God's realm. When God created the universe, he defined all the laws of physics and how they're going to control the objects of the universe. He created and defined all the objects. He then created man, the player, and presented him with multiple choices. He also predetermined the consequences of those choices. So it is true that man gets to make a free will choice, the re results of which are predetermined by God. God has already predetermined all consequences of any free will choice. By predetermining any path you choose, God controls the outcome of the individuals, the whole of humanity, and the destiny of the world according to his plan. Again, that's something to think about. Thanks for listening. Thank you, George, and thank you all for stopping by and giving us a listen. Uh, we do continue to hope and pray that these are an encouragement to you, and we encourage you to uh, leave us a review, share them with friends and family, help us get this word out more. Hey, listen, you might not want to believe it, but Christmas will be here before we know it. Uh, let me encourage you to stop by our website, www.francisasburysociety.com, click on bookstore, and grab a book or two for a loved one, a friend, uh, someone you know would benefit from one of these awesome resources that FAS carries. Again, www.francisasburysociety.com. Click on bookstore. All right, we'll see you next time. Thank you.